Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. You literally just talk to your pets like you would talk to a human family member. They understand what you're saying. And the more that you do this, they're going to realize that you're talking to them, you're making an effort, and you're already receiving messages whether you know it or not. It's just trusting what you're getting. Welcome to Being Home with Hunker, a podcast where we explore the idea of home, not just as a place where you live, but as an expression of your identity. I'm your host, Lori Gunning-Grossman, Editorial Director at Hunker. Today on the show, we have Nikki Vascones, an animal communicator and pet psychic. I reached out to Nikki because I wanted to talk about the ways we can communicate with our pets to help create harmonious spaces with them and to make the lives of our pets as lovely as possible. We both agree pets are part of our home. They make everything perfect. Nikki believes that everyone can communicate with our pets all the time, that it's not a gift, it's a skill. As she says, it's all within us. It's just a matter of believing it, believing that it's possible. She shares tips on how we can interpret what our pets are trying to tell us, the common through line that all dogs or cats want in their living spaces, how to help animals change their routines, like sleeping in our beds, and suggestions on how people can add a new pet to the home when we already have a pet, or how to prepare them for when a new baby is expected. Nikki even talks about pets who have passed away and how communicating with them has changed her perception of death. If you've lost a pet, I think you'll really love hearing what she has to say. It's sweet, it's touching, and there's so much more behind the scenes. If you want to transform your connection with your pet, this is an episode you'll want to listen to all the way through. So let's welcome our guest, animal communicator, Nikki Vescones. Let's start by talking first how you work as a pet psychic, because you did not get into this line of work until later in your career, just like a few years ago. Yes, two years ago. 
It's only been two years. I used to be a lawyer. This is wild. I didn't even know animal communication existed. Mm -hmm. So what I think is unique about me is a lot of psychics and mediums, they talk about how they grew up doing this. They were seeing spirits or talking to the animals. I didn't have any of that. I learned. So that's why I'm a huge proponent of telling people like, listen, you can do this. We all can. It's not a gift. It's a skill. So to your question, I just one day I um, left being a lawyer because I was so fed up with it, worked at a wellness center for a year. And at that wellness center, one of the massage therapists could talk to animals. And my friend got a massage by her. They were talking about it. She told me. And I was like, what? So I just went home and read book after book after book. And that's how it all started. Wow. When you heard about it, it just resonated with you? Like, as you said, you just went and read books and books about it. Did you just feel like, yes, this is for me? Yes. And what's amazing is that, so my whole growing up, I was always in school, right? College, right to law school. So up until reading all these animal communication books, I never, ever, ever read a single book for fun because I was always reading for school. Mm. I didn't want to read. And then when I heard about animal communication, it was like my whole world. I didn't even know it at the time, but my whole world kind of just changed. There was a shift. And I just Googled animal communication books, bought like six of them, finished them in like two weeks. And up until that point, I had never even read a book for fun. Oh my so gosh. it just instantly resonated and just flowed. And then I was watching YouTube videos. I was trying to find someone to learn under, but I just really wasn't vibing with someone to like be my teacher. And in all of the books that I was reading, there was a common theme all throughout it. And it was saying that we can all do this. And there's nothing a teacher can show you. They can help you, sure, but you already have it within you. So it's just harnessing that ability. So I just started practicing with anyone with a pet. So once you started studying this work, did you find a shift in your relationship with your dogs? Were your dogs suddenly like, hey, like there's something changing here? I don't remember a huge, like, noticeable shift like that, like the, hey, something's different. Yeah. But my connection and my husband, too, our connection with them absolutely has transformed because now the bond strengthened because there was a mutual understanding. If they needed something, like the other night, for example, my dogs just got groomed and my one dog kept jumping off the bed and back up onto the bed and then down to my feet and then back up on the bed. And it was like two hours before dinner. So at first I thought he was hungry because he loves food. And then I was like, this isn't his regular, I want food behavior. Mm. So he finally got my attention of doing that. And I stopped and looked at him. I'm like, Donnie, what's wrong? And he said, I heard in my head, I'm cold. Oh. And I was like, oh my gosh, because they had just got groomed. Yeah. So I covered him with a pillowcase and yeah. he laid right back down right next to my desk and was asleep. So it's things like that, like just little hugely awesome things that happen where you connect deeper with your own animals. And there's times where I'm in the back room and I know my one dog has to go out. I didn't hear a scratch or a bark. And then I go out up front and he's standing by the door. So things like that happen all the time. Yeah. So before we get into like some home topics with animals, sure, let's talk a little bit how you actually work with the animals. So you said with your dog, Donnie, that you said got groomed and was cold, yes. and you said you heard a voice say, I'm cold. So how do you work with other people's animals? I do all of my sessions remotely. I never meet these animals in person. Mm -hmm. For me, that's better because I can connect in a lot deeper when I'm in my own quiet space in my own room without the energy of the animals and the home and the people looking at me, maybe one day I'll start doing live readings, but I think I can get a lot more information when I'm in my own quiet space. So what happens when I do these sessions is sometimes just like with our regular physical senses, we see, we feel, we touch, we hear. Sometimes in my sessions, I'll just see an image flash across my mind's eye. 
I'll see an image of their favorite toy or the food bowl or what the house looks like, their favorite room. Sometimes it's like these random thoughts just implanted in my mind. Like with Donald, I'm cold. Yeah. I had a sudden knowing that he was cold. Other times I might hear something. I was talking to a dog one time and I heard like the mom's voice saying, Odie, you're the best thing in the world. Like that phrase. Yeah. And she later told me that every morning, that's what she says when she sees him right when she wakes up. Oh my gosh. So it's like, I don't hear the different tone or accent of the animals. Like the horse sounds the same as the bunny, as the cat, as the dog, because it's all kind of within my own intuitive telepathic mind. But I do sometimes see visions or I'll hear things or just a sudden uh, for me most often it's like a sudden knowing Mm. just like a thought implanted in my mind that is so cool so I know that you through like your newsletter and through things that you offer people who say like follow you on Instagram that you do offer some communication techniques and tips with our animals yes so would you be open to talking about a few things right now that are just maybe some examples of how we communicate with them? Mm-hmm. And then also maybe some examples of how can we hear what they're saying? How can we hear if they're saying they like where their bed is or they would like to move their water bowl? What are some examples of what our pets are telling us and how can we interpret that? So let's do it. Okay. Okay. The first step that I tell everyone is they already understand us. We just have to figure out how to understand them. So just having that awareness changes everything. The way that we can physically better communicate with our pets is they hear the words that we speak, but they also see the mental images in our mind. So an example, if someone doesn't want their dog to jump up on the couch, you don't want to say, don't jump on the couch. Because when we say don't jump on the couch, as I'm saying that, and you right now are probably thinking Mm -hmm. of a dog jumping on the couch. Mm -hmm. So they hear the words, they see the mental image, nine times out of 10, they're going to go with the mental image. So instead you want to say, keep your paws on the ground or something. You want to say what you want them to do because then you're, you're thinking about that. Mm -hmm. And then they see what you're thinking. They do that. Yeah. So I'm always telling people, make sure the words out of your mouth are matching the image in your mind. And this worked phenomenally with my one dog. Again, Donald, he still is kind of a flight risk. <laughs> like he just likes to take off. Yeah. But I'm like, Donald, stop. Come here. Like, no. And then I got more into this and I started realizing, wait a minute, I'm saying don't run away, but I'm thinking he's going to do it. I'm picturing him doing it. So I started saying, stay by my leg, by my foot with me. And now there's still times where he does, but not nearly like he used to. So that's the first step. Now, the second thing is there's nothing special that you need to do to talk to your animals. You don't have to like be in this Zen, meditative, super like guru, quiet state. It can happen all the time. If you are tired or stressed out or upset, that's going to make it harder. A lot of people are like, well, I'm never hearing anything from my pets. I can't do it. Or they take a workshop and they're like, it's not working. My next rhetorical questions are, Are you in a toxic relationship? Do you hate your job? Are you not eating well? Are you ill health-wise? Because all of these things are going to kind of pile up on top of our telepathic psychic abilities and it makes it harder. Mm. So with all that being said, you literally just talk to your pets like you would talk to a human family member. They understand what you're saying. And the more that you do this, they're going to realize that you're talking to them, you're making an effort, and you're already receiving messages whether you know it or not. It's just trusting what you're getting. Yeah. So a lot of it is getting out of our own head because we're receiving messages all the time. We're just not paying attention to it and we're not realizing that they actually said it to us. Yeah. 
And what's fun is people, I always say, when they first start trying to talk with animals, it's a lot easier to practice with animals that are not your own because then you can get feedback or animals that you might not know very well. And then you start realizing, oh, wait a minute. Like I had no way of knowing that, but I got it right. Yeah. Oh, it's so cool. Mm -hmm. Do you hear through your work, say with cats and dogs specifically, Mm -hmm. is there a common through line that you hear from these animals that they request when it comes to their living spaces? Is there something like all dogs want this and all cats want this? So, well, cats can jump a lot better than dogs. So a lot of dogs always say often they want to be able to see out the windows. Uh (laughs) And happened this morning. A comment that I get a lot is, why are the curtains shut or the blinds down? I want them wide open, open all the way. Yeah. You know, and we humans might be thinking, well, we're having some of the curtains shut because it's sunny and it's going to get hot in the room. They don't care. Open the curtains because they want to see outside. So that's a huge thing, wanting to be able to see out the window. And with that, a lot of times I hear that the windows are open, but there's things on furniture kind of blocking the views. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's like really opening because we're, we're taller, right? We can see above all that. But if your dog only sees the lamp on the end table that's covering the window, it's blocking almost their whole view. Yeah. So the windows is a big thing. Okay. Um, food is the next big thing. The placement of the bowls of food. Yes. I hear a lot. It happened with my other dog, Merlin. If the dogs aren't eating, this isn't so much with cats because usually cats' food bowls are not really in like the line of traffic with dogs mainly. If your dog's not eating, try moving their food bowl because maybe they don't want to eat with a bunch of people walking all around them. Mm. And you might be thinking, oh, I'm just cleaning the kitchen. I'm doing dishes. I'm not really doing much. It's just me. But how would you feel if you're trying to eat and someone keeps walking in front of you, behind you, and all around you? So many times I've heard they move the food bowl somewhere else and then the dog eats right away. Yeah. And same with the water bowl. This happens with cats more often. The cats complain about their water bowl getting kicked mm. and the water going everywhere. And they're like, this is my water bowl. Like it needs to be safer. So it's like, it's getting the food bowls out of the heavy traffic areas in the home. Okay. And the third thing about the house is, I don't know if this is dogs or cats. It's probably a good mixture of both because those are the common animals in the home is that they don't like stuff everywhere like all over the floor because then their toys blend in with stuff. So like if your room is really messy, (laughs) clean it up because if they're trying to find certain things, they want to lay on the ground. They don't want to lay on top of the dirty clothes. It's so funny when that comes up, but it's really just like they think like us really in some regards because we feel better when our house is clean. Yeah, You know, we might never think that our dogs and cats also feel better when the house is clean, but why wouldn't they? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. What about beds? Does every pet want to sleep in a bed with us? No. So (laughs) some do. And some say that we're too hot and that we cause the bed to dip down. Hmm. And they like to have their own space. It's really a good mixture of both. So in my sessions, I always ask the animals, how is your bedding? Are you comfortable? Yeah. Sometimes I get the comment, well, my bed could use a little fluffing. It's a little flat. Some definitely describe wanting to lay like right on the pillow right next to mom or dad. And the humans are like, yeah, well, that can't happen because then I don't sleep and my arms fall off. Right. So it's a good mixture of both with that. Yeah. Do they get mad at us? Okay, I'm going to give a specific example. So both of our dogs sleep in our bed. And it's sometimes my husband and I say like, why did we let this happen from the get-go? Because... (laughs) Now there's four creatures in this bed, and we want to move them out. How do you help animals, if they're in a routine, change the routine? We used to do that. 
Yeah. Sleep with our dogs. And yeah. we have little poodles. They're eight pounds. And we weren't sleeping. We got a king-size bed because of poodles. Yeah. You don't sleep. I would recommend to everyone, do not sleep with your animals. Yeah. Because you don't even realize how much you're not sleeping yeah. when they're with you. They move. You're not comfortable because, you know, you want them to be comfortable. So you're going to lay in a weird position so they're comfortable. Not good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what I would recommend doing is you got to set up a nice space that's comfortable Call it their bedroom. Be excited about it. Because if you're like, oh, I feel so bad. I don't, I'm sorry I'm putting you in here. Again, they're picking up what you're thinking. They're thinking that you're upset that they're not sleeping with you. So why would they want to not sleep with you? They don't want you to be upset. Mm. So you really have to own the decision. You guys, you and your husband both have to be on board. If one of you is not on board, it's not going to work. Yeah. Because they're going to pick up the, the emotions. And what I also recommend, and this isn't always possible for people depending on their house, is having them in a separate room or the door. So it's like their space mm, because yeah. if they can come up to your bedroom and scratch, they're probably going to do that. Yeah. And then it's harder to show them, hey, listen, you're going to sleep better. I'm going to sleep better. But effective communication, explaining to them why you're having the change because they might really like it. They might be really comfortable, but you guys aren't. Yeah. So yeah. just literally talking to them like I'm talking to you right now. This is going to be your new bedroom. Mom and dad aren't sleeping as well. You know, the better we sleep, the better we can be for you. And just like you're talking to a child a human child, and explain it. Yeah. But you got to own it. That's important. You have to be okay with the decision emotionally. That's a smart tip. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Now, in addition to your recommending people don't sleep with their pets, are there any other non-negotiables that you feel like a home space should be set up as a way to make it as comfortable for the pets? I think everyone has their own opinions and whether animals can be on their furniture or not. But I think if you're someone that doesn't want your animals up on their furniture— just make sure that they have comfy beds and areas in the home that they're allowed to go to. Because often I see sometimes the dogs can't be on the couch. They can't go upstairs. They can't be in the bedroom. They can't be in the bathroom. I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, why do you have a dog? Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, you want to make the home fun for them too. So I respect that you might not want a shedding dog on the couch. Okay, totally get it. Yeah. But make sure that they have other areas that they can hang out in and, and be comfortable and, and still be with you because they might not really care about being on the couch. They just want to be able to be with you. Yeah. So maybe get your butt on the floor sometimes and hang out with them where they can be. Yeah. That's so cute. <laughs> it's so cute. <laughs> because really all they want to do is be with us, you know? Mm -hmm. That's why I'm always advising my followers and my clients is take a couple moments and get off the phone. We're all on the phone and computer so much and TikTok and Instagram. And it's like when you get home or before bed, just like spend some moments with them. And of course, throughout the day, but spend some moments just being with your animals and being present with them. Because all day long, they're looking at us like, hey, talk to me. Let's go for a walk. What are you doing? You know? It's so true. Oh, mm -hmm. it's so cute. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I heard you mention that pets have love languages. Yes. As do people. How do we figure out what the love language is for our pets? What do you suggest? This came up when I kept getting a lot of comments about my dog won't let me hug him and I can't get my cat doesn't want to cuddle. And just like with us, you know, some people just don't like to be touched really and they'd rather get like a letter or you do something nice for them. So all of us, we all love our animals and we're deeply connected and we see their behavior. So it's really simple. You will know if your dog or cat or horse or whatever doesn't like something you're doing because they're going to show you. They're either going to back away. They're going to look away. Like say your cat, for example, doesn't like being kissed on the face. And every time you go to kiss them on the face, they turn their head and then you grab their head and bring it back. Yeah. Obviously, our hand, we are stronger than our cat's head. So we can bring the head back and kiss them. But if you start being aware of these little things they're doing, you're going to realize, oh, they turn every time I try to kiss them. Maybe I'll try and kiss their chest or their belly. Like my one dog, Merlin, does not like the camera at all. Mm. He's rarely on my social media because he doesn't like it. So I will ask him some days if I, hey, Merlin, can I take a picture? Do you want to be on a video? And he will literally get up and walk out of the room. And very randomly, he will come closer to me and look at me like, okay, let's do this. So it's just noticing the subtle things that they do. Yeah. You'll know whether they love to be hugged or picked up. Like my one dog, Merlin, doesn't like being picked up. But if I get on the ground, he will come up and cuddle all day long. So figuring out their love languages is really just tuning into the messages that they're giving us, how they're reacting. Yeah. If you want your cat to come up and sit on your lap, and when you ask them to, they they look away or they back up, that's a no. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Little things like that. And like I say this with animals and their names. Names are so important. Mm. If you name your dog trouble or your horse trouble and they turn into a problem, it's because the emotions associated with the name. Our dog Merlin used to be called Havoc Danger. He was always so scared. We changed his name to Merlin and overnight his personality changed. So it's just you can even ask your animals, do you like your name? With a new pet or even if your current animals – What do they do? Do they get closer? Do they look away? Do they give you the butt? Do they wag their tail? You'll know. You'll pick it up. Yeah. What do you suggest for some people? They're living in a home. Say there's two people, three people, four people, and there's a cat, and the cat really only likes one person in the house, or so it seems. Is that a real thing, or is it just what human perception is? What's going on there? Yeah, totally. They have preferences just like we do, but what's interesting is sometimes... They might only like the one person, maybe the sole contract they have with that person. This human, maybe, has never felt love or friendship, and that relationship with the animal just kind of completes them and helps them grow. Mm -hmm. But also, the humans that the cat doesn't get along with, it could be that just, it's not that they don't like those people, but maybe one of the people is has a drinking problem Mm -hmm. or is has something going on, and the cat is trying to bring that to their awareness. And the person might know the cat doesn't like when I do this. That's why he's always mad at me. Mm. Or maybe the other person is really stressed out, doesn't like their job. So their energy is like, whoa, way off putting. So before we assume that 
the animal just doesn't like the person, it's good to think about what's going on in that person's life that the cat or dog is maybe trying to bring awareness to. Whoa. Oh, boy. Right? Yes. I talked to a cat midnight, a black cat. He was destroying the house. Like, to the point where the humans were like, we don't want to get him declawed because that's really messed up. But, like, I don't know what to do because no one else will take him. We don't want him to get put down. Like, he's wrecking the house. Yeah. So I talked to the cat, and the cat said that his mom has two moms. The one mom is not expressing herself well. There's things that she needs to say to the other mom that she hasn't been saying. She's holding it all in, and he doesn't know how to contain the energy, so he's literally losing it and ruining the house. That day, Laurie, he stopped. They listened to the recording. The partners had a conversation, something that had to be talked about, and I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. The cat's been perfect ever since. Holy. Right? Sometimes it's that quick of a fix. I'm not saying that happens every time, but there is so much more to behavior than we know. Or that we might assume at first blush. Yeah. So much about energy, energy in our environment and with each other. They can't speak like we do. They speak, but different. So they can't say, hey, mom, get your stuff together. Have a conversation with mom and figure this out. And then I'll stop wrecking the wall. Right. (laughs) The house, the furniture, everything. Yeah. This is so fascinating. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's really cool. And another thing that was coming up for me is this was someone on our team, on the Hunker editorial team, had brought this up that her dog doesn't like to go into her bathroom. Interesting. So, and I remember I used to have a dog that didn't want to cross over the threshold, like from this little living room area into our kitchen. And he would just kind of stand there and like look at the kitchen linoleum, I guess. And we were like, are there shadows? I was just going to say. What kind of flooring did you have? A lot of animals don't like that linoleum hardwood floor because they don't have grip. Oh, That was one of my dog's problems. So we we lined our house. It's so funny with these mats. Yeah. And he's a different dog. The person on your team, it could have been the tile or the bathroom flooring. Yeah. Because think about it. In their roots, their nature, you know, instinctually out in the wild, there's not tile and linoleum. It's all grass and dirt. They have grip. (laughs) Yeah. So sometimes it can be as simple as that. You put a throw rug down and everything changes. And it's not like there's a spirit living in the kitchen that the dog sees? There could be. You know, it depends. Like, it could be that. They see something. They don't understand it. Yes. For me, I've never had any experience with, like, a, quote, evil spirit. Yeah. So I can't say whether that is true or not. What I can say is that, for me personally, if I'm not in the vibration to have a, quote, evil spirit around me in my space, it's not going to be there because I'm not allowing it in. Yeah. So who knows? So I don't know. But it could also be they're seeing deceased family members that, and they're just confused because I've talked to animals. Like a dog one time mentioned that his deceased cat sister turns the corner sometimes and startles him. And I didn't even know there was a deceased cat sister. The people didn't mention it. And it happened to be the husband's cat from years ago that this dog only met once. Oh my God. So like the dog was getting startled, like jumped back because he wasn't expecting to see the sister. So it could be they're seeing deceased loved ones or animals. And also Laurie, it could just be the way the sun is shining through and hitting the linoleum floor and yeah. the weird on their eyes. Yeah. Really a variety of reasons. Now, if people are looking to add a pet to their home and say they already have a pet or pets to their home, do you have suggestions on how people can do that to make the experience nice for all of the animals? Yes. And it goes back to just having a conversation with your animals, Mm. letting them know. One, if our animals really wouldn't like another sibling, we're probably going to know it because maybe they're really clingy. They don't like other dogs. Like we would just get a sense of it. 
But just asking them, how do you feel about another dog coming into the home, another cat? And be specific. Don't say, do you want a cat, dog, or chickens? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, one by one. How would you feel about a dog coming to the home and see what they do? Yeah. Do they look away? Do they get closer? But also explaining with regular words, like I'm talking to you right now, another animal in the home. Yes, you're going to have to share time with us, but we're all one big family. We're one big cohesive unit. No one is going to get less attention than the other. Just because there's another animal here, yes, attention will be distributed, but we're all in this together. And just reiterating that it's still going to be a pack. It's still going to be one family. No one's being replaced. And you do that by just talking to them like I'm speaking to you right now. That's it. And same with bringing in a human. Like if you are pregnant. Yes, pregnant. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. I'm so glad you brought that up. I always forget to talk about that yeah. because think about it. Often dogs, cats, animals in general know that the woman is pregnant before she even knows. Yeah. They like start doing weird things in the belly. They're always like, they just know. But with pregnancy, often the woman has a little bit of fear, especially if it's the first time because it's unexpected. Like, oh my gosh, a little, a little scary. You know, am I going to be a good mom? Can I do this? The animal picks up on that. But then when the child is born, they're likely getting less walks because mom and dad are tired. They're not sleeping. Maybe their sleep isn't as good because the baby's crying at night. A lot changes in the home. So they might start kind of resenting the baby a bit. Like, who are you? Why are you here? You made everything worse. So communicating with them throughout the entire process helps everything. Like, you want to give your animals a job. Hmm. Maybe the animal's job with a new baby is protect your sister, your brother. Like, be their protection. You know, make them feel like they're helping in some way. Because they they might see you feeding and changing and doing everything with this baby, and they can't do anything. And they might feel left out. But if you give them a job, it can change everything. And that's the same thing with separation anxiety when you leave the home. When you leave, tell your, give your animal a job. I want you to check the windows every 30 minutes, make sure everyone's okay in the property. And then they feel like they're doing something. I love that. Yeah. I love the idea of giving them jobs. Yep. And it makes such a difference. There was this one dog, Belle, crazy separation anxiety, would wail and scream and cry. And in the session, she said, I miss having the job I used to have. I didn't know what that meant. I always share whatever comes through. I later found out they moved from like a many acre farm to a beach house in the Bermuda. Still had land, but it was different. So this dog, Belle, was so used to patrolling acres and acres and acres of property, you know, patrolling and Mm. keeping it safe. She didn't have it anymore. Yeah. So now that her mom knew that, she started telling her, protect the home, go upstairs, make sure the upstairs is good. The downstairs, total game changer. Oh, my God. The way you talk about it makes it sound so sweet and simple and doable in the fact that it's just about talking. Yes, it really is. Like you don't have to do any crazy visualizations or anything. It's just speaking your words because they hear the words, they feel the intention, they know your heart's intention with everything. Yeah. Oh, it's so cool. You also talk to pets who have crossed over. Yes. And how is that? Amazing. They see us 100%. I've had animals talk about future humans being born, the new job you got after they passed, the new house you moved to after passing. Like they are with us forever. And it's often easier sometimes for me to connect with them than the ones that are living Hmm. because the physical body isn't in the way, the ailments, you know, it's just sometimes it's just easier, which is interesting. But it's probably half of my work, maybe like. 60% living animals, 40% in spirit. So the animals in spirit, are they just wanting to communicate with us? Do they want to tell us something? Yeah, they're always happy. 
sometimes it's difficult in these sessions to put human words to what I'm feeling or seeing because it's like such a different realm of existence. It's like different than us. The way I can best describe it is it's like a family parade. Like they're always with loved ones. If they were a foodie here, they talk about food there. If they love sunbathing, they usually enter the communication basking in the sun. So they, and one of the questions I always ask them, I always start out with, how are you doing now? And when I go into these sessions, I don't know anything about the animals other than their name and gender. I want to not know anything. It makes it easier for me to connect them when I don't have any biases or whatever. Mm-hmm. So the animals always start with, oh, my eyes are so bright and vibrant or whatever. And I later find out that that animal went blind before they passed. Mm. So they always talk about the parts of their body that kind of went downhill when they were in body. And now it's completely restored. So they're always vibrant. They never have any aches. They're never mad at us, no matter what. What I've learned from them is that they always know when they're going to pass and how they're going to pass. Whether we think it's an accident, a tragedy, whatever, they are not surprised because there's a greater plan with all of it. And there's just so much more behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And having talked to animals in spirit, it's really changed my perception of death. I didn't really have an opinion beforehand. It wasn't like I, I don't know. I just, it took the fear out of it. And they're never, ever upset. And they're always good. Oh, that's so nice to hear. I feel like you put something on Instagram that was talking about how we help our animals sometimes to transition. Yes. And that's such a an emotional experience for people to go through. And it's something my husband and I had done with another dog here at our home. Yeah. What's going on for our pets in those moments? You may have heard, and maybe it's happened to you, but how many times have you heard stories where an animal can barely walk, they're really sick, yeah. the humans schedule the euthanasia appointment, the day before the animal is running around the house so happy, and you're like, this dog couldn't move, it's because it's a relief. They're not surprised. They know it's coming. So some people are like, oh my gosh, well, maybe they're okay, right? But it's like, they received my message. They got the message because our animals, they understand everything. They know people think I put my dog down. No, they wanted you to, you received the message. You helped them transition in peace because euthanasia is one of the available options. The car accident, the passing in the sleep, like it all happens the way it's supposed to. So if you had the, the sudden thought of, okay, it's time, it really wasn't you having that thought. It was you receiving their message and they're saying, yes, I'm ready. Oh. Because if they truly weren't ready, you wouldn't have done it because you're connected to them at their at the heart level. So everything, your whole existence with them was to do things in their best interest and for them. You literally wouldn't be able to do something that they didn't want to that degree. Okay, yes. Yeah, some people are like, well, I gave him a treat. He didn't like it. That's not what I'm talking about. Yeah. This is much bigger than a treat. Yeah. And they always know. Oh my God, that's so sweet. That That is exactly what happened with our dog, where he was sick for a long time, and I think maybe we didn't want to see it. And then yeah. when we made the decision to help him transition, he had a day of like, we were like, oh, oh my, my God, gosh. he was so happy. I just got goosebumps. I didn't know that. Yeah. And why did I, you know, it's like, yeah. and of all the examples I could have given you, I gave you that one. Yeah. That's amazing. And we had that moment where we're like, is this the right decision? And it, yep. was, it was definitely the right decision, because... Maybe like he had a day of excitement, then maybe it was the next day that we decided to put him down because then he kind of went back to like, okay. Because he gave you that day that you'll always remember of him being happy. I have goosebumps everywhere. Of him being happy, at (laughs) peace. And also like the animals don't fear death. 
it's not the end for them. It's just a transition. They're just going to a family parade. Us humans, we're like, ah, like what now? You know, we have this fear of it. They don't. To them, it's like, okay, next step of the party. See you soon. That's really good to know because, you know, we love our pets so much. Our hearts are just broken open all the time with so much love and joy for them. And listen, I I do this every day for my job. Doesn't mean I'm not going to grieve when my animals pass. I mean, we're still human, right? But it's, it is comforting to know that they really are okay. And they really do see us because I always ask in my sessions, what's something you're doing to let mom, dad, sister know that you're still here. And they always give me very specific things. It's pretty phenomenal. (laughs) Oh Oh my God. I love this so much, Nikki. Um, Two more questions as we wrap up here. One question is, before we go, is there anything that you would love for our listeners to hear about creating a home with our pets? Is there any last message that can just help with the relationship with our animals? Simply being present with your animals, regardless of if you had a stressful day, if you got into a fight with someone, even if it's five minutes, if that's all you emotionally can handle, sit with them and just be with them. Because they're worried about you. They want to know that you're doing okay. They're waiting for you. If you're home, even if you're working from home, you're on the computer and you're on your phone, take the time to just be with them. If you don't have time to go on a walk, that's fine. But talk to them. Because so many times animals are saying, I want to know, like, I want to know about their life. What, what do they do? Like, are they okay? Like, they just speak. Just being with them, because that's all they want. They are our greatest teachers. They are in our home. They love us. They want to be with us. It's just We all love our pets, but sometimes we get lost in the busy mumbo jumbo of our life. So it's like coming back to ground level and just being on their level. That's it. You don't have to get them all these crazy fancy toys and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Of course, make sure your animal has toys and bones or whatever they want. Mm. But really the most important is being with them. Seems doable. I think we can do that. Yeah. Make that time. Yeah. Oh, I love it. And then my final question is, what does being home mean to you? In the pet sense? It could be pet sense. It could be you sense. It could be the whole picture sense. I love that question. Being home to me means waking up every morning and feeling joy. Because when I was an attorney, I woke up, I dreaded the day, I looked forward to Friday, I dreaded Sunday, looked forward to five o'clock. You know, being home is loving your life. If you're with a partner, enjoying time with your partner loving your animals and really just seeing the beauty of what's in front of you because we get this one life as me, Nikki here, there might be other lifetimes and stuff once you pass. I don't know. But in this experience, this is my life being home within yourself and doing what you want to do and what makes you smile because nothing else matters. If I would have listened to other people, I would, I'd still be a lawyer. I quit. Now I'm an animal communicator. They're like, are you nuts? (laughs) That's being home, doing what you want to do with your own life. Literally every single day. Don't go to the family. Well, I'm going to say it anyway. Don't go to the family party. You really don't want to go to if it's going to stress you out. Don't do it. It's fine. Stay home, be home and enjoy your life. (laughs) I love it. I love it. This has been so much fun talking with you. Thank you so much. I love it. I just, it's cool because this is a different spin on a podcast about animal communication. Mm. It's really about the home, which was really special because at the end of the day, the home is really what creates everything because you're all in this home together. Amen. Love that. Yeah. Thank you Mm -hmm. so much, Nikki. Thank you, Laurie, so much. You're very welcome. Right on. To learn more about Nikki, check her out on Instagram or TikTok at Nikki Vescones. Her name is spelled N I K K I. 
V-A-S-C-O-N-E-Z. You can also visit her website to learn more about Nikki, including how you can work with her. That's NikkiVascones.com. One thing about our social media account that I want to address, there are many scam accounts that look similar to Nikki's social media accounts. The ones I mentioned here are the correct and only ones. If someone reaches out to you through DM asking for money for a reading, do not respond. Delete or block that person. Nikki will never reach out to you for a reading. So that being said, be sure to visit our show notes for direct links to where you can discover everything that's going on with Nikki Vescones, including her book recommendations that helped get her started in pet communication. And where you can also discover other episodes we think you might like based on this conversation, such as my chat with channeler Natalie Miles or Hawaiian high seer Kimo Kipano. Thank you for listening to Being Home with Hunker. For more information about this episode or others, visit hunker.com forward slash podcast. And if you don't already, please follow our show. If you like what you hear, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review and share it with your friends. It really does help. Being Home with Hunker is produced by me, Lori Gunning Grossman. Eve Epstein is our executive producer. The podcast is recorded and mixed at Night Shift Audio. Theme music by Jonathan Grossman. Special thanks to our team at Hunker, senior designer Maury Men, and director of audience development Gina Goff. Hunker's mission is to inspire and empower you to create a space that expresses who you are, shows off your unique style, and makes your life happier and more productive. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.